Greetings. I'm Josh Lowe, and this is NBA Retrospective. Now, before we get into the 2017-18 playoffs, we have another housekeeping matter. As I mentioned in a previous episode, Spotify is eliminating its recording tools and outsourcing recording to Riverside, which is a service that essentially parallels Zoom. And Zoom, as you all know, is not a podcasting platform. So consequently, we had some audio quality issues inherent with that transition. So we're trying a new recording platform today. That's Voice Memos. And Voice Memos comes packaged with your iPhone. Those of you who use iPhones and want to look at it, you can search for it. And hopefully we can improve the audio quality back to NBA Retrospective's historical standard with this software. Early test results do look favorable in that respect. And if we can improve it, I will also re-enable the financial support. And I appreciate any donations that anyone can give me. Now, let's get back to the basketball, where it is now time to talk about playoffs. And so, yeah, Coach Mora, we are going to talk about the playoffs And the playoffs can be thought of as another season in and of itself because it requires 60 to 105 games to be played across all playoff series. So with that in mind, I want to note that overperformance, underperformance, and accurate performance are different things in the regular season versus the playoffs. Different teams can have different performance levels in the regular season versus the playoffs. So, in the regular season, recall that we measured performance by ELO projected versus actual win totals. In the playoffs, we measure based on actual versus expected playoff outcome because our code can generate simulated outcome counts out of 10,000 for playoff berth, conference championships, and NBA championships. So we compare the simulated versus the actual outcomes for the playoffs that way. Now, for those of you who need to see the actual playoff bracket, that's available at Basketball Reference. Just go there and look up the 2017-18 season. And the 2017-18 playoffs were mostly chalk in terms of seed lines, meaning that the higher seed won most of the series, but not so much in ELO simulation. Now, the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers, they were our conference champions, our finals teams, overperformed overwhelmingly in the playoffs, despite underperformance and accurate projection respectively in the regular season. So the the Warriors received 781 out of 10,000 championships in simulation, which was good for fifth place. And that total aligns with elimination in the conference finals or the semis. Of course, the Warriors won it all. So that's an overachievement by playoff standards. Now, looking at the Cavs, the Cavs finished with 285 of 10,000 championships for ninth place, which equates to the semis or the first round. Recall that the... um, Second round essentially equates to the top eight teams in the NBA. So that's also a very big overachievement for the Cavaliers in terms of the playoffs. 
Now, for teams who were eliminated in the conference finals, we assessed using simulated conference championships. The Houston Rockets overachieved slightly. They finished fifth in conference championship count at 1,536 and lost in epic fashion to the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And at some point later on, I want to take a look at that series. That'll either be in a later episode on this season when we get to the four factors, or we'll do it as a separate episode, because that series was epic. Recall that we did have a Game 7, baby! Nothing is easy! And yes, Zaza Pachulia was actually on that Warriors team in that series. So, um, quite an appropriate analogy there. Um, And recall that Conference Finals appearance essentially equates to the top four teams. So, again, a slight overachievement by the Rockets. Fifth in Conference Championships. uh, Conference Finals appearance equates to the top four. Now that was the West. Looking now at the Eastern Conference, Boston Celtics also overperformed slightly, finishing 7th in conference championships at 1,436. Recall that they were eliminated by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. Moving on now to the quarterfinals, teams eliminated in the quarterfinals. And again, we're going to use conference championships to assess The Philadelphia 76ers and Toronto Raptors underperformed in the playoffs. These teams ranked fourth with 1,800 conference championships for the 76ers. And first, a whopping 5,386 conference championships for the Raptors, yet they lost in the quarterfinals. So if you're looking at the playoffs, 76ers and Raptors fans, that is an underachievement. Raptors in particular, um, over half of the conference championships went to your team, but they lost in the quarterfinal round. And then, and, and again, not only that, they lost in a sweep in the quarterfinals. They were swept out of the quarterfinals by the Cavs. Now, looking at the 76ers, they also met a disappointing end, and we'll talk a little more about them later. They were fourth in both conference at 1,800 and league 1,012 championships, yet they were also beaten in the quarterfinals four games to one by the Celtics. And that's noteworthy, and I'll talk a little more about this later, as this year appeared based on the regular season performance of the 76ers, to the the end result of the quote-unquote process that we heard a lot about in the 2015-16 season for the 76ers. Now, moving on, the Utah Jazz technically underachieved, but they drew the Ascendant Rockets in the quarterfinal round. The Jazz were ranked second in conference championships at 2,107, but they drew a very dominant team in that quarterfinal round. So technically an underachievement, but we can understand why. Now, the New Orleans Pelicans actually overachieved. They were projected 517 conference championships for 11th. And recall, again, quarterfinal appearance equates to the top eight teams. And the Pelicans drew the Dynastic Warriors in the quarterfinal round, so we can understand why the proverbial Cinderella story ends there. Now, for teams who lost in the first round, we can rank based on playoff appearances, okay? 
All first-round losers in the Eastern Conference performed essentially as expected, both in seeding, meaning that the higher seed won all series, and in ELO projection. The Washington Wizards finished 7th in expected playoff appearances with 9,837, so that's a judgment call in terms of meeting expectations versus underachieving, but they drew the Raptors in the first round. As you recall, the Raptors were a hot team. Um, Raptors were projected actually the most championships in the league with 3,575. Indiana Pacers performed as expected, 11th in simulated playoff appearances, 9,235. First round loss essentially equates to the top 16 teams in the NBA, um, nine, numbers 9 through 16. And the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks also performed essentially as expected, ranking 8th at 9,438 and 14th, 8,557 in simulated playoff appearances, uh, respectively. Now, for the San Antonio Spurs, we're looking in the West now, underachieving versus performing to expectation is a judgment call. The Spurs finished 6th in simulated playoff appearances with 9,933, but matched up with the Dynastic Warriors in the first round. So, technically, you'd expect them to be in the top 8. You'd expect them to get past the... Um, first round. However, getting matched up with the Warriors did not do them any favors. Now, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who finished 17th in playoff appearances at 8,005, actually overachieved slightly because 17th typically does not make the playoffs at all. It equates essentially to the top eight teams in the East, top eight teams in the West, total of the top 16 teams. Now, the Oklahoma City Thunder finished 9th with 9,429 appearances. Portland Trailblazers 12th, 9,192. Both performed about as expected, both in the bottom half of the top 16 teams, which indeed equates to first-round playoff exit. Now, I want to make a note of something here. And that is the simulated count of actual outcome for both the Cavs and the Warriors. The Warriors were projected only 781 of 10,000 NBA championships. And the Cavaliers were projected only 285 out of 10,000 Western Conference championships. So despite the belief at the time that those two teams were on a collision course... It really is an overachievement in the playoffs by both of them because we're looking at 7.8% of the time for the Warriors getting the NBA championship, and we're looking at 2.85% for the Cleveland Cavaliers getting a Western Conference championship. So there was a persistent belief at the time that those two teams were on collision course for the finals. However, the statistical reality does not back that up. Um, we, we're seeing, again, 7.8% for the Warriors winning it all, 2.85% for the Cavaliers reaching the championship, or I should say winning the um, Eastern Conference championship. Now, we're going to get into our three teams here, and a performer as expected, overachiever, and an underachiever, and we are 
choosing these teams based on the regular season, the ELO projected overachiever, underachiever, and accurate performer. However, again, I want to emphasize here, over and underachievement is different in the regular season versus the playoffs. Okay, so let's get started with a team who performed as expected. That was the Cleveland Cavaliers, okay? Actual wins, 50. Simulated wins, 50.761. Playoff result, Eastern Conference champions. Simulated conference championships, 285 out of 10,000, which was the ninth most of any team. And despite winning the Eastern Conference, the Cavs performed largely as expected with a small negative residual of negative 0.761. And so that means that the Cavs won little less than a game fewer than expected. Essentially, that's negligible. So basically, the Cavs were right on target in terms of their ELO projection. And again, the playoffs should be considered an overachievement for the Cavs, despite the George Hill slash J.R. Smith blunder in, the, in that game one of the finals. They only won their conference in 2.85% of the simulations. And again, that was um, the ninth highest total overall. So ninth, that's a far, it's in the top third of the league, sure, but that's a far cry from first, okay? Now, looking at the Cavs' ELO rating throughout the season, this is a graph, and unfortunately, I cannot show you guys the graph in the podcast. I can describe it for you as clearly as I can. The ELO rating for the Cavs falls early, rises from about game 8 to game 38, falls until game 58, and then steadily rises again from about 58 through game 82 and throughout the playoffs. Um, and I looked, I looked over their schedule and results for the Cavs. I can't identify a specific reason as to why this happened. I would like to believe, and I would surmise that the reason we saw the rise after 58 is because we got, um, pre- we had, we got, uh, clutch LeBron at that point in time, uh, clutch LeBron, guided the Cavs to that um, into the playoffs and through to the conference finals. However, I can't. What I can't explain is the big fall um, that we saw after Game Thirty Eight in particular. Game Eight to Thirty Eight. That's early in the season. A lot can happen. But the fall that we saw at uh, beginning at Game Thirty Eight. I I do not have a viable explanation for that. Anybody out there who does, I I want you to let me know on Spotify if you recall what happened to the Cavs around that time period, game 38. Um, So moving on now to to our overachieving team, that was the Philadelphia 76ers, okay? And I want to note that if you recall, we also discussed the 76ers A few seasons back, we covered the 2015-16 NBA season, and we discussed them as a historical underachieving team, noting that that season was incredibly bad. Um, But this, this is good. Actual wins, 52 for the 17-18 season. Actual wins, 52. Simulated wins, 40.936. Playoff result reached quarterfinals. 
and we do not have quarterfinal appearances available to assess, so we assess the 76ers' playoff run based on projected conference championships. And their simulated conference championships, they got 1,800 of 10,000. That was the fourth most. I do want to point out, though, that the 76ers overachieved greatly in the regular season. They won over 11 games above their expected total. The residual was a positive 11.065, which again, for those of you who may not remember, what that means is that they won over 11 games more than ELO projected. But the 76ers underachieved in the playoffs, okay? Based on projected conference championships, they're ranked fourth, which essentially equates to an appearance in the conference finals, yet they lost in the second round. So this begs the question, did the process work? And you recall from the 2015-16 season, I think it was even discussed into 16-17 as well, trust the process. Um the brass of the 76ers would use that moniker to uh, attempt to console fans who were upset about the historical ineptitude in 1516. And Joel Embiid, for a time, was actually nicknamed The Process. And I want to note a quote from that 1516 season by the owner, and that was. He talked about, quote, losing with purpose without losing on purpose. So did the process work? That's debatable, okay? The regular season, the Sixers were not even expected to be 500. Yet they actually ended up winning 52 games, 52 and 30. But is a second round playoff exit? When you were projected a conference finals appearance, good enough for fans who endured the historically inept season of 2015-16, I'm going to weigh in on this. This is not statistical. This is just my personal experience as a fan. I am a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Anyone who knows me knows that. And... Anyone who knows baseball at all knows that they were mired in a 20-year losing streak with multiple rebuilding processes, if you will. And the Pirates did finally come out of that losing streak in the 2013 season. They reached the playoffs in 2013, 14, and 15. However, uh, if you recall the baseball playoff structure at that time, the it was a one-and-done wildcard game. And in two out of those three seasons, they lost in that one-and-done wildcard game. So it's frustrating for a team to be so bad for so long, um, be, talk, be told about rebuilding, and then they lose early on in the playoffs, as the 76ers did here. So I can see both sides. Uh, I can understand the argument, well, we had a great regular season. But I can also understand the argument, you know, we wanted the NBA championship there. Because if you have to endure a historically bad season, you want it to pay off in a couple of years 
with the biggest prize, okay? And that didn't happen. Now, there is a documentary on the 76ers' most recent season that is close to a championship, which was the Allen Iverson 2001 season, which we will do an episode on later. And um, so, but again, you if you had fans who remember that season, that was heartbreaking. And then we had fans who had to endure the 2015-16 ineptitude, ineptitude putting it mildly. I can understand why you might be upset with a second round exit here. So again, you I sort of see both sides. Great regular season, let down in the playoffs. Um, and this was also the season in terms of the 76ers for Ben Simmons, who he won the Rookie of the Year this year, and has not been the same uh, since. Uh, if you followed the NBA, you know that that's the case. Now, getting to our, believe it or not, a very surprising underachieving team in the regular season, and that is our NBA champion Golden State Warriors. And when I say, you'll understand what I mean when I say underachieving, because it's actual wins 58, simulated wins 64.028. Playoff result was NBA champions, and simulated championships was 781 out of 10,000 for the fifth most. Now, despite winning 58 games, which is a very solid win total for most teams, the Warriors still underachieved in the regular season because they were projected over 64 wins by ELO. And the Warriors actually had the third highest negative residual, negative 6.028, and what that means is that they won over six fewer games than projected, and only two teams were won fewer games than projected than that. And that was the Memphis Grizzlies at 9.85, negative 9.85, and the Dallas Mavericks, negative 6.598, both of whom were non-playoff teams. Now, the Warriors' regular season performance lends credibility to the theory that I discussed earlier, which is that the playoffs constitute a separate season. The Warriors had four teams projected ahead of them in championship count, and they won it all anyway. So now, I mean, again, fifth in league championships, that's good percentage-wise, but it's not indicative that you're going to get it, because how many league champions are there in any given season? There's one, okay? So that's clearly a playoff overachievement. Now, Looking at the ELO rating for the Warriors, the Warriors' preseason ELO was a whopping 1741.12, and it stayed in that range until about game 65, at which point it eventually cratered to about a 1600 ELO rating, which, again, this is relative because we know the average ELO is about 1500. So the lowest the Warriors got was about 1600. That being said, looking at the graph here, there is that precipitous decline after game 65. And the decline most likely relates to playoff seeding being stable. The Warriors could be seeded no lower than second at that point. They had already clinched that high. Although the top seed Rockets, the eventual top seed Rockets, had the same record, which was 51-14 and 14, after 65 games. So that means that 
both the Warriors and the Rockets were 51 and 14, but the Rockets ultimately ran away with the competition for the one seed. And of course, those two teams would meet in the Western Conference Finals, which again, we are going to talk about at a later date. So the Warriors, very interesting team for multiple reasons. Um, Underachieved in the regular season, overachieved in the playoffs, and had that precipitous decline after 65 games, which um, I did look at their schedule and results, and the reason the decline happened was because they had a lot of losses. I can't really explain why they had a lot of losses there, though. The only thing I could think of is... um, there's very little difference between a number one and a number two seed overall, except for uh, home field advantage in the very last series of the conference, one, and two, just the prestige that goes along with being a number one seed. So, But other than that, there's very little practical difference in whether you're a number one or a number two. So it's possible that guys were rested and things like that. And again, this is a very recent season. So if anybody remembers the reason for that precipitous decline that occurred after 65 games for the Warriors, just let me know on Spotify. That's all I've got for you for today. We'll focus in our next episode. We're going to take a deeper dive here. Look at the four factors and their projection of wins for the 2017-18 season. And until then, I'm Josh Lowe. This is NBA Retrospective. Thank you for listening.